0: The time will come when the bridegroom will be taken from them. Then they will fast. This week's focus is returned to me with fasting. Again, drawing from the Joel prophecy, but the journal's reflections focus in on what it is to fast and why we fast, not simply because it's a precept of the church or it's one of the things that we do in practice to help us be disciplined, but because fasting is actually a part of the way that evil is overcome that fasting helps to, to hone our appetites and to cultivate the virtues that restrain uh, the strong desires we experience for the comforts of the flesh. But by sculpting and disciplining our relationship with those, fasting also helps us to, to look past the interesting and attractive realities of the created world, to set our sights upon the Lord and to cleave to Him more fully. When you fast, do not look this more like the hypocrites, for they disfigure their faces that their fasting may be seen by men. Truly, I say to you, they have received their reward. What I want to do from here on out in the videos, especially though, is to begin looking at the Triduum and to draw one of the days of the Triduum into our reflection for the week. So that by the time we arrive at the sacred Triduum, we're able to really engage the mysteries and let them be written on our hearts. A part of this work is what we call weaving our stories with the Paschal narrative. Because as I said the other, in the earlier video, the narrative of the passion of Christ goes Thursday to Friday to Saturday to Sunday. And this is how the victory of the resurrection is accomplished. Holy Thursday is gonna be our focus here. This week, I just invite you to consider the places where your life and Christ's experience on Holy Thursday might find a point of contact. Because again, if we want to experience the joy of the resurrection and we haven't yet, very often that's just because there's a little bit of a difference between the way we try to arrive at Easter Sunday. You know, we know that our lives aren't perfect. We know God promises Easter joy. And so we're like, okay, where's the Easter joy? Let me get there. But we often don't follow the pattern that Christ took, the pathway of the cross that he tells us we have to take up and, and that we have to follow him with. So the pathway starts with Holy Thursday. As Christ uh, breaks bread with the disciples and offers them, in words, his body and his blood, we notice that these words are, as it were, a suspended promises. That they're, they're not yet actualized until he will consummate them by the actual offering of his body and his blood on the cross the next day. So the first element of Holy Thursday that we have to notice is a promise of God uh, suspended as we wait for its fulfillment. The next element that's worth our consideration is is the recognition that what happened after the Last Supper is the betrayal of Christ, that Christ went out into the garden. And in that garden, a a sacred garden, he sweat tears of blood upon the ground to, to sanctify the earth that had been cursed since the fall. And in that place as well, he's betrayed. He's betrayed by his own people, by the authorities of the people who who send those uh, who capture him, and he's betrayed by one of his own followers in Judas. See, what, what sometimes has to be a part of the way we acknowledge a communion with Christ is the discovery that we have been betrayed and Christ has been betrayed. And often we haven't related to Christ in our own betrayal. That the ways that people have rejected us, the ways that people have turned against us, the ways that people have mocked us, these tend to be isolating places for us. Because in the end, a lot of it is quite like Judas. That the people that reject us or mock us or or cast us aside are typically people that love us, people that we love. And so the rejection and the rebuke, the mockery are agonizing because we thought better of that relationship. We, We thought more of that person. We expected a place we could be safe, a place that could be home the type of friendship that would last, and we discovered something else. We discovered, in fact, that they aren't trustworthy, that we aren't loved by them, that, that they've cast us aside. The dilemma for us, especially because these are places where the enemy has his way with us, in accusation, is that we sit alone in the places of betrayal, the places of having been isolated, the places of have been rejected. In those places, as we sit alone, we begin to draw conclusions about ourselves that we ought to be alone. Um, that we deserve to be rejected, that we're not worthy of coming into communion or having what we thought we had that was taken away by the rejection. Instead of abiding in that place, we are invited as we consider Holy Thursday to, to relate all of our experiences of rejection and all of our experience of betrayal to Jesus Christ. We're invited as painful as it can be to return to those memories, to sit back down in the memory and say, Lord Jesus, please send your Holy Spirit upon me here. Lord Jesus, what do you want me to know about what I experienced in the place of betrayal or rejection? And Lord Jesus, please show me where you are in that place. Please show me what it was like for you to be rejected and betrayed and mocked. Lord Jesus, please show me what it was like for you to to lose relationship with one to whom you'd given an awful lot. Because in fact, that's my experience too. And as we learn to relate these things to Christ, contemplating his experience after the Last Supper, but also noticing that our experiences are quite similar, we come out of suffering in isolation and into suffering in communion. And what's happening as we do that is, one, we discover the presence of Christ, sometimes in the memory. Sometimes the Lord will reveal to us a little bit about where he was in our experiences of mockery or rejection or betrayal, where we thought we were alone. We recognize the divine perspective that God shows us where he was as that occurred. And in fact, it's not such a lonely place. But two, we discover that we can come out of that aloneness into communion here. We can begin to relate our sufferings there to Christ and thereby share with him and even be with him in his experience in the Garden of Gethsemane, and we can receive from him a communion as we recognize our own Gethsemane. Little places in our hearts where we were suffering, where we were betrayed, where we were rejected by those who love us. See, the power of this is coming out of the darkness into, once again, the victory of Jesus Christ. Because as Christ overcame the tempter in the desert, Christ also overcame the mechanisms of the tempter around these threatening places of rejection and betrayal. And as we bring Christ into those, we relate to Christ in our own experiences thereof, we discover a communion with him that is his victory, once more extended into our lives. And we start to notice the the folding of our life and our story into his, the, the weaving of our journey with his journey. And what this is doing is bringing us closer to Christ. What it's doing is equipping us not just to suffer, but to suffer with Christ, to carry our cross the entire way through the Paschal narrative and to notice that our lives are written onto his own heart and that narrative of the passion can be written onto our lives. In this place, we find an emptying out of the power of evil and we find an entering in of the victory of Jesus Christ, which was won through the Paschal mystery and toward which this Lenten season is pointing us. And so I just invite you this week to consider all of the places you can recall, as exhausting as it can be, of betrayal and of rejection, and to say, Jesus, I relate this to you. Jesus, I invite you into this place. Jesus, teach me what it was like for you, and Jesus, teach me where you are for me in that, and let these come together, that I anew would experience your victory that that victory would break into the places where I feel like there is no victory to be had. And through that place, I would come into a willingness to move into what's next, which is your cross and your suffering. But I do not need to go there alone. As you undertake this, and because the focus this week especially is on fasting, everywhere that you fast, you'll notice a little bit of bodily suffering, some bodily discomfort, and the interior grief of, of losing things that you would like to partake of, but you've chosen to deny yourself. And in those places of suffering as well, we can turn to Christ. We can relate them to his own fasting in his 40 days in the desert, and we can relate them to the grief of his betrayal, and discover in all of this, constantly, the desire of God to bring all of this, our lives, into all of that, his life that the two would become one and that we would indeed have the life that he promises to us, the abundant life. So return to me with fasting, the focus of our prayer this week, but also to relate to Christ on Holy Thursday in the breaking of the bread, in the passing of the cup, but especially in the experiences of betrayal and of rejection so that in all of those places we would realize we are not alone, that we can know his victory there and that victory leads us all the way through the Paschal mystery under the resurrection.